Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. Someone asked me the other day about ending uh, ministry, and and one of the reasons that this person asked me is because this is a younger guy in ministry, and he was looking at how many situations he knew personally of ministries that had ended poorly. Sometimes it was in terms of moral failures and dissolution, but for the most part, that wasn't it. It was... Instead, seeing people that he had admired in, in ministry who ended angry and, and bitter, sabotaging their successors or any number of situations like that. And he just, he just said, how do we know that we're not going to be like that when we're that age? And that's a really good question, and it's one that I think about all the time because it haunts me when I see that going on, and I think I just desperately don't want to be in that situation, and it's so common. And so his question is a good one. How do, how do you plan now? First of all, no matter what sort of ministry you're in, we're all, as Christians, we're all serving, so we're all in a form of uh, ministry. We're all using our gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. So that's true of all of us, no matter if you're in vocational, formal ministry or not. It's also true that all of us are going to have an endpoint. I mean, we're, we're either going to come to the end point of history as we know it uh, with the return of Christ, or we're going to come to the end point of our own lives. And that's why I think it's important to start planning now for how you're going to end. I think that's important psychologically. The ancients, you know, used to keep skulls on their desks in order to remind themselves uh, that they were going to, to die, that they were, in fact, mortal. That changes the way that you live. And I think the same thing is true in ministry, to constantly be reminding yourself that, that you are going to ultimately die. I remember we were talking through here at the institution that I lead, we were talking through uh, retirement issues, and they were going through, here are the dates of eligibility uh, in terms of retirement. And I think three or four down was me. And I remember looking at that date of eligibility of retirement, which was in 2030-something, and uh, thinking, wow, you know, it really does something when you see October the 9th, 2030-whatever, sitting there on, in print. It just it, it changes the way that, you, that you, you see things. And so you are going to have an end point. And I think it's important then to start cultivating now an awareness of that, that end point. Uh, an awareness of a sense of your own mortality, and a long-term vision that sees past your own ministry. I think that uh, one of the reasons that, that so many people end up bitter is because they're ultimately disappointed. And they're disappointed because they build their entire identity around their ministries, and they build an entire uh, identity around their being needed. And then when they're not needed in the same way, they're still needed, 
And in many ways, they're needed more than they were in their prime. Uh, They just don't know it. That can be a disorienting situation. And that can be a disorienting situation for anyone. And so you just have to be constantly reminding yourself that that's, that's going to happen, that you're going to be going through seasons of, uh, of your life and seasons of your ministry, and that's going to change and be able to embrace that. And then also to be working now on those little uh, roots of bitterness. I mean, the book of Hebrews warns us against a root of bitterness that takes place. And it seems to me that all of us have those temptations toward bitterness going on in our lives all of the time. But when you're in the prime of your life in terms of raising your kids, if you have kids, or in the middle of your work uh, life, whatever it is that you're in the prime of, those things aren't as readily visible to you because you have to move on. I mean, even if you don't move on in terms of the issue itself, you just have to give attention to other things. And so it's hard to, to sit around and concentrate on all the ways that you're bitter when you're trying to check off 15 things on your to-do list, but they're still there. And then when those things on the to-do list are gone, uh, the bitterness still remains. And so constantly asking, what are, the, what are the disappointments that I have that I'm nursing? What are the, the sins that have been committed against me that I refuse to forgive or to let go of? Sometimes I'll find when I ask myself that question, it's things that I'm not even aware of at the conscious level that I just haven't let go of. I haven't forgiven those things. And what I've also found is sometimes I assume that there's going to be this one cathartic moment where I forgive something that has been done against me, and now I'm over it, and now I've moved on. And I found that that isn't typically the way that it happens. Instead, there's a long process of repenting. I, mean, I can think of one particular thing in my life where I had a situation where I had to forgive somebody and I had to receive forgiveness. And in this case, both of those parts of it were hard for me because I had to constantly be coming back and reminding myself, okay, these things were done to me, but I have done far worse than that. Uh, to other people, I have done far worse than that. Uh, to God, in in light of the the law of God, I'm somebody who stands before God only because of the forgiveness of sins. So I have to forgive this person, and I have to forgive this person freely. You know, it wasn't just a matter of knowing that cognitively and then putting that into effect. I found that it's taken me years of having to come back continually and remind myself of that. And what happens is it seems to me that as time goes by, when you're consistently coming back and saying, forgive, 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 remember what you have been forgiven of, then it starts to become easier and easier to empathize uh, with that person who who has wronged you. And to start to to really live up to, in your emotional experience, what you know is true in the spiritual places, in terms of what the gospel means and how we're to live out the Sermon on the Mount. You've got to start cultivating that now so that at the end of your ministry, you're not standing there and doing what we're all going to be doing. And it's, a, it's in one sense, a healthy endeavor 
to kind of as you get nearer to the end, you're going to want to be looking backward more and kind of evaluating your life. Well, don't start that when you're 65 or 70 years old. Start looking backward now and start training yourself as you're looking backward now toward a sense of gratitude to say, you know, if, if it weren't for these people, uh, how would my life be different negatively, you know? Uh, the, the sense of gratitude that I have to God for giving me these particular friendships and these particular relationships and these particular opportunities, whatever it is that's there, and also learning early how to look backward and to see negative situations and, and not to stew in those things, but to have a sense of, you know, God's, God's purpose in this is bigger. God allowed me to walk through that situation for a reason. And so whatever it was that, that God was doing in that situation, uh, I'm not going to grow bitter in that. I think, I think that's important. And also training yourself early on in your life and, and ministry and career and whatever it is, wherever God's put you, to look backward like that, but also to look forward. I heard a pastor say, uh, just just a couple weeks ago, we were at a, a meeting, and I heard a pastor talk about this older pastor that he had had in his life who had remained free from bitterness. And when he was at the he was at the end of his ministry and and this this pastor said to his mentor, How why aren't you bitter like so many people are? And he said that the older, wiser man said, Bitterness has no future. And I remember I was listening to that, and I wrote it down. It's so true. Bitterness has no future. It, it, it just saps you and robs you of every bit of life that you have. And if, if you think that you have no future, then bitterness is especially dangerous. But, of course, if you're a Christian, you have a future. The, the end of your ministry, whatever that is, teaching that Sunday school class or pastoring that church or, or uh, serving the Lord in that uh, law practice or in that uh, electrician shop or whatever it is that, that, that you're doing, that's not the end of your service to the Lord. Even if you end up uh, on a deathbed with hospice workers around you with hours left to live, that's not the end of your life in service to Christ. You, you have an entire life that is waiting for you that everything else that we've been doing are all just kind of little internships to get us ready for that. Spend time now cultivating and reminding yourself of that so that when you find yourself at the end point of your ministry, you're looking backward in terms of gratitude, but you're looking backward in a way that is preparing you to look forward to the future. That's, that's just key with the guys that I've known who've been able to, to age uh, into retirement without, uh, without bitterness and without, without anger. And then the other thing I would say is spend time now, wherever it is that you are in ministry, preparing for your ministry to outlive you. So finding younger people to pour your, your life and wisdom into. I mean, one of the reasons that I think uh, a lot of people become bitter and angry later on is, again, they, they believe that they've outlived their usefulness, and so they believe that that means that they are irrelevant. Cultivate, no matter, it doesn't matter if you're 22 right now, cultivate equipping and pouring yourself into someone who can carry whatever ministry it is that you have beyond you. 
reminding yourself, I'm not going to be here forever, and the younger people that I'm uh, equipping are not my competitors. The younger people that I'm equipping, that's a key part of my ministry and to the long-term stability and sustainability of my ministry. When you practice that, uh, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to make transitioning into the next phase easy. I don't think it's probably easy for anybody, but you will at least have a skill set in mind that will enable you to then be able to rejoice in what God is doing in the next generation because you've been a part of it uh, all the way up until that point. But I think really the main thing is to, you know, the Scripture says count your days. The main thing is to wherever it is that, that you are in terms of your own service to Christ, to remember it's coming to an end. And so I'm not going to find that to be a surprising thing uh, when it happens. I'm going to rejoice in God's provision and be expectant and waiting for the next thing. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.